we start uh, on a controversial thing, and if you know Venuti, uh, things could be controversial with him. There is even doubt as to when he was born. Leonard Feather in the Encyclopedia of Jazz listed as September 1st, 1904, on board ship with his parents uh, migrating to the United States. John Chilton and others listed as April 4th, 1898, in Licao, near Milan, Italy. I'm tended to think that the mass of evidence is that Venuti was born in Italy. It seems that this should be easy to clear up, but if you know Venuti, it isn't, uh, that wouldn't be so, because he would delight in the controversy that uh, would surround uh, such a thing. At any rate, by the early 1920s, he was active uh, musically, uh, playing violin, and really was the first great jazz violinist. During the 20s and up until 1933, uh, he made many records, many performances with the famed jazz guitarist Eddie Lang. Here they are in the 1920s, Lang Venuti, Farewell Blues.
Moody was classically trained, uh, wonderful technique. He and uh, Lang made literally hundreds of records together in the 1920s and up until 1933 when Lang died suddenly at the age of 29 after a tonsillectomy. Venuti was, uh, and Lang had great fame at that time, heard on many records, uh, many places that they played. After that, Venuti's uh, career uh, fell by the wayside, and we heard little of him. But back in those days, he was still popular. Um, he joined the Gene Goldcat Orchestra, which was one of the well-known big bands of that time. Here he is in 1927 with the Goldcat Orchestra. It's a big band, and uh, one of the uh, people in the trumpet section is Big Spiderback. This is My Pretty Girl. Pretty Girl, Joe Venuti with the Gene Goldcat Orchestra in 1927. Venuti was recording prolifically at that time. Here he is with the uh, 
another group led by saxophonist Frankie Trumbauer. Big Spiderbeck is on cornet, and he opens it. Eddie Lang is on guitar, and of course Venuti comes in with a uh, long solo. There's a also a piano solo by seldom heard Frank Signorelli. This is Humpty Dumpty. Joe Venuti with Frankie Trumpauer and Bix Spider back in 1927. You could hardly miss uh, Bix coming in there uh, at the end with a uh, sharp trumpet solo. Next we're going to play a, uh, another 
sort of an unusual record. This is Hoagie Carmichael and his orchestra, 1930. The tune is Bessie Couldn't Help It. It has a uh, Carmichael vocal, which is uh, interesting in his uh, uh, style. It contains uh, all of the greats uh, of that time, especially those out of Chicago. Big Spiderbeck, Venuti and Lang, of course, Bud Freeman, Jimmy Dorsey, Jack D. Garden, and most of them get a chance to solo. This is 1930. Bessie couldn't help it. As a heaven above, oh boy, how that girl could love. A Bessie had affection, and that was simply wonderful. Bessie couldn't help it any more than you could, or right could. But when she smiled, you were bound to fall. That's all. A boy kissed Bessie in a taxi one night. Why, oh, why did she yell with delight? Bessie couldn't help it. Any more than you could, or I could. Carmichael and a bunch of Chicagoans jamming on Bessie couldn't help it. There was nothing that uh, Carmichael liked better than to be surrounded by a bunch of great jazz musicians where he could clown around and sing as he did there. In 1933, um, Venuti made a record uh, called Indie Rough, and we're going to play it. It's Joe Venuti and his Blue Six. 
Benuti had various uh, recording groups, mostly recording groups is what they were, and they were of various sizes. If it was, if there were four, it was Joe Benuti and his Blue Four, or Blue Six, or whatever it happened to be. This group happens to include Benny Goodman, Bud Freeman, Adrian Rollini, Joe Sullivan, the fine pianist, Dick McDonough, Neil Marshall, a drummer. You will note that the Dick McDonough is the guitarist. Eddie Lang has uh, died by this time. It is late 1933. This is Indie Rough, which is really a uh, the old King Oliver tune, Dippermouth Blues, but uh, they're calling it here Indie Rough, Joe Venuti and his Blue Six, 
was Joe Venuti's Blue Six, 1933. Well, in the mid-1930s and with the beginning of the big band era, Venuti fell into disfavor. He seemed to be unwanted and unfashionable. He made little recordings until late in his life. He had a big band during the 1940s, uh, but it never recorded commercially and uh, got poor reviews. Uh, Venuti was not a leader, was an individualist, didn't like responsibility, and probably it was not the greatest band. The, during that time, uh, he appeared once on the Jackie Gleason show in the 1950s. One time, uh, Esquire magazine had a, selected an all-time band, and Venuti was selected on violin, but really like a person from the past, not of the present. He settled on the West Coast, played a good deal in the small clubs in Las Vegas, Los Angeles, moved to Seattle, which became uh, his home until his death, and uh, played around there. Uh, he was obscure. Uh, what was said of him was said like a, a person from the grave. And then in uh, 1969, he was invited to a uh, uh, jazz festival at Newport. And it was like a person coming out of the past. They found that Venuti was still a vital swinging musician, and he really uh, stormed the festival, became the hit of it. And from that time on until his death in 1979, it was a period of triumph for him. He made, again, made many records, appeared from one jazz festival to another, many bookings, and uh, he, uh, it was a delight for him, for him and a delight for the uh, world to hear him. This is a 1974 recording, and that shows how far we're going, jumping almost 40 years from his last recording. Uh, this is uh, 1974 a group of Italians. He's home playing in Milan, which is uh, practically his hometown. This is Georgia on my mind.
Giovanotti in Milan, Italy, with a group of Italians, and they swing very well. Giorgio on my mind. Venuti always had a terrific sense of humor, like nothing better than joke. He, en he enjoyed his music. He uh, enjoyed uh, having the audience uh, like it with him. One of his uh, favorite uh, things was to, uh, to impress the audience was to tie the bowstrings around the case and play chord passages with all four strings. He could do it very well. Here's the same Italian group. This is a swinging Indiana.
Giovanuti, back in the place of his birth, Milan, Italy, with a group of swinging Italians. That was Indiana. Let's play one more number from that album. This is Margie. The vocal is by an Italian named Lino Petruno, and he can really swing. This is Margie.
just a few months before his death in August of that year. Venuti was back in Chicago uh, playing with a group from there, including the uh, old Chicago drummer Barrett Deems, showing how sensitive, expressive he could play. This is I've Grown Accustomed to Her Face. Thank you. 
Joe Venuti in Chicago, 1978. The piano was by John Young. Another from that album, the same group. This includes the country mandolin player Jethro Burns, who can play some good jazz. This is Joe Venuti, Honeysuckle Rose.
Jovanuti Honeysuckle Rose. Towards the end of his life, Benuti came full circle. His early career was uh, marked with association with the guitarist uh, Eddie Lang. Uh, one of his last records was with the now-famous guitarist George Barnes. This is at the Concord Jazz Festival, 1976, a wonderful group. Besides Benuti and Barnes, there's Ray Brown on bass, Jake Hanna on drums, and Ross Tompkins on the piano. This is July 30th, 1976, Sea Jam Blues. <laughs>
Ross Tompkins, Jake Hanna. How about a big hand? Who said a violin couldn't swing? That was C-Jam Blues. Well, it's been an, another delightful evening, and I hope you've enjoyed hearing the music of Joe Venuti with me. This is Bud Lundberg bringing you music from Bud's Corner here Sunday night on KCND. We're going to wind up the program with two numbers from that same Concord Jazz Festival of 1976. The first is another swinger, Take the A Train, Barnes and Venuti, and we'll end it with a beautiful, rhapsodic, sophisticated lady. Good night.